0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Be therefore merciful as your Father is merciful. Most people are familiar with what is called the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But Jesus gives us yet a higher standard, which might be phrased as do unto others as God has done unto you." The whole of biblical morality is a challenge that we should be like God. Genesis tells us that we are made in the image of God and the New Testament tells us that in baptism we were born again or remade in the image of the Son of God. That which bears the image of God is called to reflect that image by its manner of life and behavior. AS JESUS SAID, BE THEREFORE PERFECT, AS YOUR HEAVENLY FATHER IS PERFECT. OUR BEHAVIOR IS THE RESULT OF OUR EXPERIENCES IN LIFE. IF WE WERE TRAINED TO FEEL GUILTY, OUR TENDENCY WILL BE TO ACT AS THOUGH WE WERE RESPONSIBLE FOR EVERYONE ELSE'S PROBLEMS. IF WE WERE OVERINDULGED, our tendency will be to act as though we were entitled to the best of everything. If we were abused, neglected, or belittled our behavior and attitudes will reflect these formative experiences. There is a reason prisons are overpopulated by those who were abused or abandoned by their fathers. If we have a genuine experience with God as he has revealed himself in Christ through the Holy Spirit. This experience will contrast with and even confront our formative experiences. As God said through Isaiah, quote, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. And This is reflected in the parables and teachings of Jesus. They are meant to be revolutionary. They're meant to change our way of thinking. They're meant to make us see that God does not value people or treat people the way the world does. The prodigal son wastes a significant portion of the family fortune and returns humbled and hat in hand. Our experience in the world leads us to expect that he will receive a severe rebuke, be treated for the rest of his life as the family's black sheep, and perhaps be allowed to sleep in the barn. And of course, the righteous family members will never allow him to forget his transgression. However, in the actual story that reflects the mind and behavior of God, The father throws a party in the son's honor and welcomes him back into the family with joy and without recrimination. When Jesus came to Israel, the expectation was that he would approve of the righteous and judge the sinners. In reality, Jesus criticized the righteous and welcomed and ate with the sinners. We have heard these stories, but we don't always take them to heart. We know them in our heads, but we don't always experience them as truths that apply to our actual sins and our actual lives. Consequently, our behavior towards others is not always governed by the grace of God. Instead, though we know about Jesus, and his teachings. Our attitudes and behaviors are frequently governed by what we have experienced in the world apart from Jesus. The Bible talks about knowing God. To know God does not merely mean to know about God. To know God is to experience his presence, grace, and holiness IN A WAY THAT CHANGES WHO WE ARE AND HOW WE LIVE. ONE CAN KNOW ALL THE THEOLOGY IN THE WORLD AND NOT KNOW GOD. ONE CAN BE A LIFELONG CHURCH MEMBER AND NOT KNOW GOD. ONE CAN DO ALL MANNER OF GOOD AND NOT KNOW GOD. OUR ATTITUDES AND BEHAVIOR will begin to become God-like or Christ-like only when we begin to know God, only when we begin to experience communion with Him over time in a way that changes us. If we have learned by long training to feel self-righteous or worthless or guilty or judgmental or hurt or angry, our identity and behavior can only be changed by a new long-term relationship with God in which we learn that we are valued, redeemed, forgiven, chosen, and (laughs) destined for resurrection and life in the world to come. This is one of the main points of the liturgy Through the liturgy, we experience union with the Father, through the Son, in the Spirit. We may have had many other formative experiences in life, but here we experience God's presence and grace. We come as sinners with confession. We come to the Father through the sacrifice of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. In Christ, God welcomes us to the heavenly banquet, cleanses us of our sins, and sends us out back into the world as new people to do new things. Why do we keep doing this week in and week out, year in and year out? Because communion with God only becomes a formative experience. When it becomes habitual and persistent, it may take five or ten years of coming to God's altar to begin to experience grace, to begin to know the truth that Christ died for your sins, that God accepts you as you are. This is why perseverance is such an important Christian virtue. Unless we persevere in the life of prayer over time, it will not have a formative impact on us. Much of the religion of our culture is oriented towards a temporary experience that makes us feel good right now. The problem is that feel-good moments do not really change us. To know God and to be changed by that knowledge, we must continue to live in communion with God in his church over time. The main reason that people do not grow in their experience of God's grace is that they forsake the sacrament and the sacramental community in which we experience God's grace over time. It is our vocation as members of the body of Christ to reflect God's love, grace, and mercy to each other. This is why Jesus said, Be therefore merciful, as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not. he shall not be condemned. Since people have been formed in negative ways through their interaction with people in the past, it is essential that the body of Christ be a new community of new relationships in which people can be formed in new ways. Healing and change takes place over time as the new experience in the new community replaces the old experience in the world as the formative story of our lives. Thus, for the church to be what it is called to be, it must be a community of people who know God and whose behavior is formed by that knowledge of God. Our behavioral standard is not a commandment, or a rule. Our behavioral standard is our experience of God's grace and mercy. We are to do for others what God has done for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.